Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. We're going to be finishing up our series on the plan of salvation by talking about baptism and living faithfully. Well, welcome back. Today, uh, we, we've got the culmination of, uh, and, and yet also the continuation of, and uh, the really forever continuation of what yeah. it is to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we will end the conversation at some point, but the reality is, is that this conversation should hopefully lead us all to the understanding and the idea that there is no end to being a Christian which is yeah. a comforting thing to me at least. Yeah. Uh, so so last week we talked about repentance and confession, right? And we discussed how, how both of those are necessary. They are both very important. Uh, not just very important. I mean, if you don't have them, you, you cannot be saved, right? Yeah. And so once that has happened, once you have repented, and, and you know, we, we finished off in confession by talking about, you know, you, you, you confess it right before you're about to be what? Or right before you're about to be... Baptized, yeah. And so let's let's go to uh, you know go back to Acts two thirty eight because yep. I think that's uh, just a I mean it's the preacher verse right yeah but but it it's that verse for a reason it makes it, it makes it very simple to understand yeah. uh, what the instructions are throughout the rest of Scripture yeah. it kind of summarizes everything so Acts two thirty eight and Peter said to them this is again after the uh, after the, the the Jews there had had asked, you know, brothers, what shall we do? They they realized they crucified Jesus, whom God had made Lord and Christ. In other words, Savior, uh, God and Savior, right? And so they, they say, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And so then you get to 41, right? It says, those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And so the point of salvation, I want to make this point now, and then we can talk about baptism throughout, you know, maybe history and and what it means and all of that. But, But the point of salvation the point of being added to the lord's church is baptism yeah. uh you know you, you look again at the ethiopian eunuch you know what prevents me from being baptized see here is water what prevents me from being baptized right yeah. and then he got up out of the water went on his way rejoicing right romans 6 1 through 6 um you know shall we continue in sin that grace may abound by no means how can we who died to sin still live in it you know we have been those of us who have been buried in christ by baptism mm-hmm. been raised and likeness with his death, right? And so there's this idea, First Peter three twenty one, baptism now saves us, right? Mm-hmm. There's all of these verses that talk about baptism being the point of salvation. It does not mean that once you are baptized and you have been and risen up out of that water that you are good forever. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But baptism is the point at which you are saved, at which you are redeemed, at which God redeems you, right? Yeah. It's not us doing anything. It's very clear, right? It's whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And they were added that day 3,000 souls, right? This is God calling people, but yeah. it is people saying to the Lord, listen, I've heard your word. I accept your word. I believe your word. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he's the son of God. 
confess and, my sins. And all it is is, hey, I would like to join in, in Christ's death with him. Exactly, um, yeah. Because uh, th- that's what we see in Romans chapter 6 especially is the the – comparison of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to yeah. uh, baptism. We're dying to our old life, being buried in the water and yes. rising up to a new life. And so that's where I actually want to look at the, um, the what the word means. Um, you know, in, in the Greek language, there wasn't a word for how we consider baptism today. What it was was, hey, when Peter stood up before everybody on Pentecost, he said, repent and be immersed, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. Um, because it, it was just simply like, hey, you need to be covered in water. You, yeah. you, you need to be submerged. You need to to be buried in this water. Um, so so there actually was a – it was the same Greek word. So yeah. there, there, there's been a I, – I talked about this with one of my professors at Heritage Christian, uh, and he was talking about – so. You get to the, the the idea is that the King James Version changed it, right? And and they made up the word baptism, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he asked the professor, he said, well, what word was there before? What did they use before that? And the professor was like, I don't I don't know. And there were Bibles prior to the King James Version. Yeah. They all used the same word, baptizo. Baptizo, right? yeah. The same one. And so, so that Greek word is what was used and it's what's been used. Baptism uh, is... is what we have translated to, but it's not a new concept and it's always been immersion. It's always yeah. been. And so baptism is, and always has been immersion. In fact, the, the Jews used to do, um, they had these pools and, and, you know, you go to Qumran, the community, yeah. they have these pools where you would go in and you would do these ritual cleansings. Yeah. And so baptism to be immersed, to yeah. be immersed. And right? so, and, and what I mean by that, like, there's not a Greek word for really like what we consider it today. Like, like if some, somebody said, Hey, we're having like a baptism Sunday or something, or, yeah. or if they were to say, Hey, we're going to baptize infants, you know, there, there's yeah. a, a meaning that comes along with that phrase baptism yeah. that is not accurate um all yeah. the way back to the original language yeah. and we so, have certainly changed uh, yes society the specifically i guess the american society has changed yes what baptism means absolutely well not just american society um yeah. really uh the the catholic church the, the yeah. roman catholic church going back hundreds and hundreds of years um yeah. ha- has changed the the meaning of it and so um when when Peter stands up and says, "Hey, everybody needs to be baptized. Everybody needs to be uh, to repent for the forgiveness of your sins." Peter, everybody understands what he's saying. Hey, yep. you need to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Yes, and they again have these ritual cleanings. They understand what he's saying. Yep. Um, and so then when we get to Romans chapter six here, and and uh, we see the comparison of Christ's death and his burial and his resurrection yeah. uh, of the 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 physical body. Um, that Jesus died. Yeah. Our, our lives, this old life of sin, it needs to, to be gone. And yeah. we, we talked about this last week with repentance, you know, yeah. changing our mind from, uh, the works of the flesh to the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Um, and then after we die, we have to be buried. What do you do with, with a dead body? You bury it. Yeah. And so it need to be buried in water and then you rise again to a new life, yeah. be, just as Jesus rose again to a new life. And so, um, having, that understanding of, of what baptism is, I think is yeah. very important. It is. And, and I think, I think often, at least I did, uh, in, in, in trying to understand baptism for a long time, you know, I, I didn't fully understand John 3.16, right? Cause you, you, you look at John 3.16, right? Mm-hmm. And such a famous verse, right? Such a well known verse. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's great. Awesome. And then the next verse, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Well, when you think of baptism, right, and you think of what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to cleanse us of our sins, yep. right? And so, well, then the logical you know, part of my brain thinks, well, okay, so if we're living in sin, then we're condemned, and as people were condemned, but the reality is, is that Jesus did not come into this world to condemn people. Uh, and, and so while Romans 8 explains and goes over all of these, all of the things really pertaining to baptism and how important it is, uh, Romans, sorry, Romans 6, Romans 8 talks about what exactly it was that Jesus did. There is therefore no now, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And so the reason that those who are living in sin or that have sin in their lives are condemned is not because they as people are condemned, but rather because the sin that resides within them mm-hmm. has condemned them. Yeah. Jesus condemned sin, right? And so this is this is the reality. Jesus has already condemned sin. Oh yeah. It's already done. Yeah. And so if we have sin within us, we stand condemned, right? Galatians mm-hmm. 2 talks about Peter stood condemned, right? And yeah. Paul told him, you, you, you're doing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Fix it, right? Stand condemned. Well, the only way to not be condemned is in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Yep. Right? So then we go back to Romans 6. I'm going to let you keep talking about it because it's such a beautiful passage. Yeah. But but Romans 6 explains how we are to be found in Christ. Yeah. So I'm going to actually start in verse 3. It says, uh, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, by the, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection life like his. Um, it's a, a beautiful passage. Um, I, I really kind of want to read through verse 14, but I feel like that would take too much time. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, really, so, all, all through all of six, all yeah, of Romans. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but just the idea that, like, he's given me a brand new life. Yeah. He, he's given me a brand new opportunity. The, the sin that I have had in my life is is burdensome. When, when you understand that it's separating you from God, when you understand what it is, you realize, I don't, I don't want this weight anymore. And Jesus yeah. has offered a brand new life. If you choose to accept the free gift of, of God to be yeah. buried with him and to be, to rise again, yeah. then we've got a brand new life that, that he's offering to us. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I just can't talk about it enough, but um, to, to go back a little bit more, um, even from this, yeah. um, we see, or we tell a lot, um, hey, we've got to share the gospel. We, we've got to talk about the gospel, right? We, we've got to tell people about the good news of Jesus, that that's what the gospel means. Um, and this is the gospel right here. What we're reading here in, in Romans chapter 6 is is obedience of the gospel. Um, 
Paul makes it super clear what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, he tells the church in Corinth um, that he's going to repeat to them what he told them when he was there in person. Later, he, he you know, he's writing this letter later on, and he said, yeah. hey, I'm going to tell you again what I told you. Um, and he recounts the gospel as Christ's death his burial, yeah. his resurrection, and then he rose to a new life. That's yeah. that's the gospel. Yeah. The, the good news about Christ is that he gave up his life for you. He was buried and that he rose again from the grave and he continued to, to live on um, yeah. and appear before people yeah. um, and, and show himself that he was raised before he ascended yeah. back to heaven. I think um, a lot of times that appearance is left off. Yeah. That appearance is so important. So important. If he didn't yeah. appear, then it's all hearsay. Yeah. He did appear. Absolutely. More than 400 brethren at once. Um, And so with that understanding of, hey, this is the good news that we're supposed to be sharing with people. And Romans chapter six, this is how you obey the good news. Um, This is, you've heard about the death, the burial, the resurrection, his reappearing. This is how you obey that is by dying to your old self, being buried, rising to a new life. And then really what we wanted to talk about in the last half of this episode um, is, you know, living faithfully. Yeah. And, and that's that's Jesus reappearing after he comes up from from the grave uh, as he rises to a new life. We rise to a new life. Now, what are you going to do? Yeah. Are people going to see that you have a new life? Are you going to show people, hey, I am a brand new person in Christ. He, he's he's washed me clean. He's made me new. Yeah. Well, and so to, to get there, I, I I think the book of Romans is, is so wonderful. I've been doing personal studies with it with a couple different people, just going through each of the chapters. And Paul has been lining up this argument all through Romans for, for all the way up through to chapter 12. And it's at chapter 12 that he really gets to the crux of what he's trying to get the Roman brethren to understand. Yeah, He's been talking about how the old law has no bearing on them, how they are to to live in Christ, that it is, it is by the Spirit of God, that it is uh, God has provided salvation through Jesus, right? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So then he gets to chapter 12. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, again, because of all these things that I've said, I appeal to you, right? I'm, I Listen to what I'm yeah, saying. Please hear me. Yeah. By the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice yeah like check out that appeal though i appeal to you therefore based on everything i've said brothers these are close individuals with paul we're we're all brothers and sisters in christ so he's saying you know if if i were to put this on almost like like more modern language and i know it's in english obviously but more modern (laughs) language would be like based on everything that i said my close brothers and sisters by the mercies of god like 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 according to his great power, please hear what I'm saying. I'm begging you. I'm begging you to hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And, and, and he goes on throughout all of 12, Mm-hmm. And really throughout the rest of the letter, right? But but specifically through twelve, uh, you know, starting in verse nine, he he has all of these different things that are are very specific to to Christians, and really, I mean, three through eight as well. But but just ways that we're to live, and mm-hmm. and and it all starts with with one thing. It starts with our mind. It starts with making a choice, with intentionally choosing to become more like Jesus, because that's that's. 
why were the first people, why were the first ones in Antioch, why were they called Christians? They were called Christians because they were living so closely to what Christ did. And because they were talking so much about Jesus that, that my opinion, and I don't, I don't know if everybody necessarily agrees with this. My opinion is whoever first called them Christians was probably doing so as a, as an insult. Yeah. Yeah, Like, (laughs) look at those, look at those Christians. Yeah. Right. Well, what greater title? (laughs) I mean, to be called a follower of Christ, to be called someone who's so much like Jesus that that's the title that yeah. they gave him. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, that that's the exact kind of life that, that, that we're expected to live yeah. um, when we rise again to a new life. Um, if we're to, to live faithfully throughout our days, um, we were to live like Christ uh, or to to strive to model our actions after him model our words after him treat people the way that he would want us that he would have treated people Um, and so I'm glad you brought us to to Romans chapter 12 because he kind of lists out some like hey here's some practical ways that you do this Um, uh, starting in verse 9 which you might have been going there (laughs) and I jumped at the gun again no you're good you Um, have at it but but he gets very practical with it in in verse 9 he says let love be genuine you know that's the start with one another let let your love be genuine with one another don't don't be fake don't try to put on a mask like okay yeah I'll, I'll I'll try to act like I love my brothers and sisters, like yeah. like truly love them, yeah. um, well, because because love is a, a choice. Yeah. Love is a predetermined choice that hey, no matter what happens, I'm I'm going to love this brother through whatever whatever we do. Yeah. Well, and you had talked about it last week too with the, the fruit of the spirit, right? Is yeah. You know what's the first one there? Love, love, right? Yeah. And it, it ties everything together. Colossians, I think it's three uh, uh, fourteen. Um, you know, love binds everything together in perfect harmony. Yeah. Right? First Corinthians thirteen. Uh, uh, 13, right? Now, faith, hope, and love abide. The greatest of these mm-hmm. is love. Yeah. So, I mean, love, lo- love is the answer. Love is the key. Love is. Yeah. And yeah. so he says here, yeah. let that love be genuine. Um, yeah. then he, he continues on, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And that's goes back to repentance, you know, or, or to turn away from what's evil, turn towards what is good. Yeah. Um, in verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. I love that one. Yeah. Um, Verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal, but uh, be fervent in this, in spirit, serve the Lord. Um, that idea of, of don't be, don't be slothful in your zeal. In other words, like, um, don't be way behind when it's uh, coming to being zealous for Christ. Yeah. Don't be like, okay, well, if everybody else is going to be zealous, I guess I'll, I'll join the party too. Like, yeah. hey, uh, we're, we're doing a mission trip or hey, we're doing this or that and everybody's all fired up about it. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll try to be fired up about Jesus too. Well, and, and and more than that, it's who's going. I know, right? right. I, th- that's the old joke that I love uh, yeah. that I, I tell people about teenagers is you know like you try to get them to come to camps or to come to this or that or that. Um, and the the old joke is like teenagers always want to know who who else is going so much to the point where you if you ask them, hey, do you want to go to heaven? They'd reply, I don't know who else is going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 the the reality is though is it doesn't matter who's going. Yeah. It does not. Is it something that you should be doing? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Then do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, he says, um, uh, "Be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope." Uh, so that this hope, this thing that we're saying, "Hey, I know that there's uh, 
a a future waiting for me. I, I know that there is a, an eternity waiting for me. I know that Christ has gone to prepare a place for me, that he's going to come back and take me to that place where he he went to. Um, uh, I, I rejoice in that hope that I have. Yeah. Um, be patient in tribulation. So when times are bad, uh, don't call it quits. Uh, be constant in prayer. I love that one. Um, one of the illustrations, I may have given it here, but I've definitely, no, I've given it in the teen class, um, is it's almost like uh, you put God on like your headphones, like your AirPods, and you, yeah. you just have them on a call all day long. You're, you're in constant prayer. You can carry about conversations with other people, which our teenagers do all the time. They'll have their AirPods in yeah. on the phone with like their boyfriend or girlfriend while they're talking with, with me. And I'm like, Okay, that's kind of weird, but like they've just, like like they're still in the conversation with whoever's on their phone, yeah. um, but they are just there with them, and they can talk to other people, they can do things, and then they are always immediately ready to go back to the conversation that's on their AirPod. Yeah. It's Jim and Pam. Yeah, like Jim and Pam from The Office. Great example. That's the way that we should be with God. Is yeah. we are able to go about our days to function in daily society, to have conversations with people physically here, but in a moment's notice, be ready to to continue talking to God in prayer. Yeah. That's what it means to be constant in prayer. Uh, verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, I could really go on through um, verse 21, but yeah, pull up your Bible yourself. Read read, read it for yourself in Romans chapter 12. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's practical ways that we... Serve God. We serve God. Practical ways that we live a faithful life. Practical ways yeah. that we treat one another. Practical ways that we strive to be like Christ. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the I mentioned at the beginning that this conversation would come to an end. Yeah. But the reality of what we are to do is never ending, right? We, we are, we don't get vacations from being a Christian. We don't, we don't get days off. We don't like that. You, you decide to be a Christian. You, you have made the decision to put on Christ and yeah. every decision for the rest of your life has already been made. Yeah. And, and I, I guess to get, go with that kind of thought process, um, if you're desiring a day off from being a Christian, there may be some other things um, that need to be evaluated. You know, if you're saying, man, I'd really like a day where I could just, you know, like, like live for myself instead yeah. of do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Which is that whole idea of what is it? Lent and, uh, what do they have right before a good Friday? Bro, I don't know. I'm sorry. There's something, there's something <laughs> I'm not educated on that. <laughs> there's something right before good Friday and I forget what it's called, but essentially you, you have this one day, 24 hour period where you can do whatever you want and it doesn't count, which is absolutely just ludicrous. Interesting. But, but that's the idea, right? It's, it's huh. the idea of the purge. I, I haven't seen those movies. They're no, rated R, but the idea again being one day out of the year, no laws, do whatever you want. Mm. And so then people go out and they kill and they steal and they loot and yeah. they do all these things. And then the next day it's like, oh, it's nice to see you, Mr. Jones, right? Like it's all just yeah. normal. Well, that's not the way Christianity works. We don't get a day off. No. And that's a good thing. No. Why would we want a day off? <laughs> no, nor, nor should we desire yeah. uh, to say, I want to step away from this commitment that I've made. Yeah. Um, uh, not for one second because – Let's let our love be genuine, yeah. not just for one another, but for God as well. Exactly. Well, I um I don't have anything else. I, I assume you're you're good. Well, uh, guys, thank you all for listening. We we really appreciate it. Uh, this this uh, particular series has come to an end. The the hope is that uh, next week we'll be able to have a guest on to talk with us about uh, something that he's passionate about. Um, or actually, I believe we we have lined up two individuals that are going to be coming on and talk. So stay tuned for that, and uh, look forward to. 
to y'all's comments, to y'all's feedback. We do ask that you listen a little bit longer, see how you can help us. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a an opportunity for you to help us financially through a, through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a, uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will, uh, that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.